0: Hey, this is Ashley with School in Life. And if you feel like you're overworked and underpaid, undervalued at work, or feel like you're stuck in a career that's not advancing, it's time for you to make an investment in your career. That investment should be the Mentor Me Accelerator, a six-week high-impact strategy session for new and mid-level professional women in corporate, nonprofit, and educational leadership. I'm accepting women into the Mentor Me Accelerator program right now, so if you are a newer mid-level professional woman with less than 10 years of experience in corporate, nonprofit, or educational leadership, the Mentor Me Accelerator is going to be a great fit for you to advance your career this year. I'm excited to help highly motivated women identify their career area of impact, manage up, get their ideas heard at work, and get paid for the value that they bring to the organization apply to the Mentor Me Accelerator program today at mentor-me.org backslash accelerator. That's M-E-N-T-O-R dash me.org backslash A-C-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R. Apply today. Hey, this is Ashley. Hey, this is Marcy. And this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. Make sure you check out our website at Pod dot com that's s c h o l i n life pod and follow us on instagram at school and life podcast that's at s c h o l i n life podcast so this week in mentor moment i just have a special message uh for our listeners it is really critically important Um, That you listen up, grab a pen, pull over to the side of the road, girl, if you have to. I need to tell you this. It's important for you to know because I know so many of you are doing this. um, And it is holding back your career advancement um, and honestly, your life advancement in a meaningful way. And the truth is, stop applying for jobs that you don't want. And that's on period. Like, let's just stop applying for jobs and opportunities that we don't want. Too often, fear has us in a place where we are applying for jobs, opportunities, signing up for things that we don't really want, that we haven't really well researched, that we're not really invested in. And we're wasting our time and other people's time by in, engaging in activities that we don't really want, That like engaging in things that we don't really want. And I get it, if you're job searching right now, it can feel really scary. Um, unemployment is over 10%. We're in an economic decline. Um, you know, th- there's so many raci- so much racial injustice going on. You feel like maybe I'm better off where I am. Maybe I'm better off just like putting my head down and trying to make it through this year. Um, and maybe that means that I'm applying for jobs that I don't really want or taking on new opportunities at work that I'm not really interested in. But I really want to encourage you to, not let fear have you downplaying your value and skill sets and seek even like seeking out opportunities that you don't really want. Um, I had a friend um, send me a text message just the other day like, hey, um, I low key um, don't want this job, but I saw it. Do you think that I should apply? And I simply said to him, Stop applying for jobs that you don't want. High key, stop it. Like, why are you even considering these opportunities? You know you don't want to do this kind of work. And yes, you have the skills to do it. And yes, you've done it before, but you vowed that you don't want to do it anymore. So turn off the notifications on the job ads that has them sending to you in your email so you don't even be tempted to look at them. Um, And I know it's out of fear because you're not seeing jobs in the industry you want to work in, and maybe you aren't getting callbacks, but that doesn't mean that you do the thing out of fear that will have you feeling bad anyway. Because what if you get the interview? What if you get the job? Now you got to wrestle with a whole nother big decision. And, I, and, and let me let me note that I understand that it's a I, that there's a lot of privilege in saying that right like stop applying for jobs that you don't want noting that not everyone even has the opportunity to to do work that they enjoy to, to to have options when it comes to the world of work but for those of you who have options and you know if I'm talking to you this message is for you I really want you to be more intentional about your activities I want you to be more intentional about the work that you're doing and I want you to And and intention would mean that you're not doing things that you don't want to do. For those women who are in jobs that they enjoy, but maybe they find themselves taking on new projects, taking on additional assignments, committee work, that they would rather not do or that they're not being appropriately compensated for, here's a gem for you, sis. So I'm gonna say that again. If you are a woman who constantly finds herself taking on new projects, roles, assignments, committee work at work, and it's not work that you really wanna do, or it is work that you wanna do, but you just don't have the capacity or they're not paying you to do that work, here's a script for you. Um, Thank you so much for this opportunity. Unfortunately, I don't have the capacity to take this on right now, but I do look forward to um, additional opportunities in the future as they arise. Right, so like I don't have the time to do this and as there are other opportunities, I might consider it in the future. Or if you do have the time or, or, or if you do wanna do it but you don't have the time and capacity, you can say thanks so much for this opportunity, I'm really excited to do this work. Can you share with me um, what the compensation is for this new uh, committee role and what you'll be taking off my plate so I can take on these additional responsibilities? Right. Like this is not just about signing up to do more work. This is about how do we make sure that if we're doing more work, we're being appropriately compensated and somebody's taking something off of our plate so they can put something else on it. So I really want you to take these um, strategies to heart. Yes, I know it's a quick quip to be like stop applying for jobs that you don't even want. But um, there's so much truth in honoring your value and leveraging your value to get what you do want. Um, And if you need help with that right now, I'm accepting women into my mentor, Me Accelerator. Um, I accept applications for that program because I do want to make sure it's women who are a good fit. Typically, it's new and mid-level professional women. So that's women with less than 10 years of working experience who are in corporate, nonprofit or educational leadership. Um, So if that sounds like you and you're really looking to apply some strategy to your career development. I'm looking forward to serving you as a mentor. You can apply to the Mentor Me Accelerator program at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. And if you listen to this week's episode and um, the strategy that I shared um, around um, just like not applying for jobs and opportunities that you don't want or how to... um, Ah, uh, professionally decline. If that was helpful for you, hit me up in my DMS. Um, you can follow me on social at uh, in, on Instagram at um, Instagram.com backslash Ashley Ashire. That's backslash A S H L E Y A S S H I R E. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know if that strategies was helpful for you, and if you have other questions about your life and career that I can help with, absolutely let me know. So that wraps up Mentor Me and next up is I digress. You all know that we are in a summer series. Uh we have been inviting Women all month on the show um, feature guests to talk to us about life and love over libations and to tell us what they're learning and what they're leaning into um, during the first half of the year and what they're prepared to learn this summer in summer school. And of course, what's on the horizon for them for 2020. Um, Tonight's guest is not a stranger at all uh, to uh, Marcy and I. In fact, um, she's very close to me and went to uh, school with. Um, Marcy and I and I'm so thrilled to invite uh, this week's guest on the show. Um, she is an expert in healthcare as an oncology nurse in um, Chicago, Illinois. She formerly worked at Northwestern and currently works at the University of Chicago Hospitals. Um, Amber um, is uh, my little sister and my very best friend. I'm so thrilled, Amber, that you've come on the show to share your life and your love um, and um, over libations with us. Um, we're thrilled to have you. Welcome to School Online.
1: Yay, thank you, Amber. So we are going to go ahead and jump right on in with our questions. Um, 2020 has been a doozy for, I think, everyone. So what has your 2020 hashtag quarantine life looked like from March up until now?
2: I would say it hasn't looked like much. It's been pretty uneventful. Um, I think I would just say work and home. Um, I haven't explored much of the world, Um, outside from working home. Um, As Ashley mentioned, I am a nurse. I work in oncology. Um, And during this whole pandemic, dealing with COVID-19, it's just been a really, really busy time for nurses. Nurses are working really hard, um, much harder than we already do work um, in the profession. So, um, you know, going to work, um, giving it my best, um, you know, making sure that I show up for my patients and um, take care of them very well. Um, and just grind it out. And then I return back home um, for rest and restoration. um, And just to make sure I'm taking care of myself in all the ways that I need to. Um, So that's kind of been what
0: yeah, so I'm sure you rolling your eyes as people talk about how hard it is to work from home and, <laughs> you know, how they, like, get to wear sweatpants every day. You're like, I can't, I don't, I can't relate. Can't, hashtag can't relate. Um, and I think that, you know, like Marcy said, it's impacted us all in different ways. Um, can you speak to how, if at all, COVID-19, the economic decline and even the increased um, activation of, like, social justice in the public space has impacted your well-being, um, you know, your life um, in any particular way?
2: sure um so when covid-19 first emerged from overseas to the united states um and there you know the number of cases started being reported more publicly i was like surely you know this will be over this will be over in weeks this will be over in a couple of months you know few months at best <laughs> like there's nothing to worry about um and you know, a couple months went by. A few months went by, and here it is. You know, from March all the way now, we're in July, and we're still dealing with COVID nineteen. Um, and even at work, I remember, you know, when cases started being reported, um, and we were getting them at our our hospital um, system. We asked patients two questions. It was like, you know, have you done any travel to Wuhan, China? I think that was the the city or the area that, you know, it had originated from. Or had you been in contact with anybody (laughs) from Wuhan, China? Um, So that was one question. And then it was like, do you have a call? And that was it. (laughs) And it was like, if they answered no to those two questions, we were like, whew, you know, nothing to worry about. This is fine. Um, and they weren't in a category of patients that we labeled as PUIs, which means people under investigation. Um, and so, you know, for weeks of that, it was like, okay. And certainly we weren't seeing a lot of, um, positive cases on our unit, um, which is really good because again, I'm an oncology nurse and our patients are already so susceptible, um, to I mean a regular virus or um, a regular cold because they have no um, immune systems or like super weakened immune systems, um, so that was good, but you know cases started rising, and um, you know we were all in this together. It was a lot of unknown, a lot of uncertainties for the specific viruses. There were a lot of you know unanswered questions there still are a lot of unanswered questions about you know, how long will this last? And how do we control this? How do we stop it? Um, So things got scarier. Um, Thankfully, my hospital system, we did have enough PPE, Um, you know, administrators, they got on top of things very quickly um, to kind of put policies and procedures in place to kind of help protect, you know, the um, healthcare providers um, and make sure that we were safe. But, um, you know, every day was different. Um, It was a lot of just learning as you go. Um, so I think it really, you know, impacted me because it's like, you know, I take pride in how I care for my patients and how I show up for them every day. Um, and you know, I, when I'm at work, I want to prioritize their needs and their care plans. Um, and I can do that because I feel like I take generally good care of myself. So when I'm at work, I can give my all. Um, but then like, you know, this pandemic, it really put a little added pressure on me because I'm like, how do I continue doing that for my patients, but you know, really make sure, you know, am I taking good care of myself? And I think I wash my hands and my, you know, hand hygiene and hygiene is pretty good, but can it improve? Like, you know, do I need to, you know, am I drinking enough vitamin C, getting my, you know, emergency, you know, supplements in. So it just added pressure with like not only am I always like on for my patients, but I need to be on for myself because I'm only as good for my patients as I am to myself and make sure I stay healthy.
1: Oh, that is a word outside of COVID that I think everybody (laughs) needed to hear. Like, you are only as good in taking care of other people as you are in taking care of yourself. And that is totally, um, that is one lesson and message that I'm constantly preaching so thank you for saying that and I think a part an important part of taking care of yourself is leaning into the support that other people give you and in times of crisis and stress we often lean on those who we love for strength and comfort and I know you and Ashley have a huge family for sure (laughs) um, of support but have you felt like you've had a tribe to support you during this time and what has that support looked like for you
2: Yes, um I have had a tribe um, and I have felt so so much so much support um during this time. Um, I have a great community here in Chicago um and it's I've been just so thankful for how they've like come alongside and you know prior to this, you know they journeyed through life with me um but really how they've shown up during this time um you know, just to help take care of me, to check in, make sure that I'm well, you know, you know, physically well, mentally well, emotionally well, um, because they know I'm a nurse and they know that I'm on the front lines. And, you know, I have taken care of, you know, those persons under investigation who um, could be positive And I've taken care of patients that are positive. Um, and so that's, that just means the world to have that that community um you know i call them they're like friends that i've i met when i first relocated to chicago about almost 10 years ago and now i consider them family um and even with you know the whole so- social justice revolution i feel like that has like you know taken on in the midst of this pandemic it was just really really heavy um again then. Black in America and the challenges that we're still facing with police brutality um, and why that's not controlled, (laughs) why that's still so challenging. Um, So I think, you know, my community of friends who I consider family, how they just come alongside me and been like my greatest cheerleaders, um, you know, my greatest support systems, you know, bringing me meals and handwritten cards and um, virtual hugs like that means the world to me um, and it really makes me feel seen uh, which is so important and validated um, which you need during these times you need to feel seen and, and validated. Um, that's that's been two things that I have um, that's really helping me get through these these tough months this tough year
0: it's so interesting that you say that because um, it just like being seen and being validated is so important, and it's something that Kanye West lacks, and that's why he's acting out. And so, just, <laughs> oh man! And so it just—I don't know why that came to mind of a Chicago thing. I was just like, this is what Kanye West needs. Okay, off that though. What's one thing that you learned about life, Amber? What's one thing that you have learned about love, and what's one thing that you learned about libations in twenty twenty?
2: Um, life, um, well, I am a person who values order and direction, and I feel like in valuing those two things, it's easy for me at times to want to take those on and make things happen out of my own willpower, my own strength, um, or, you know, make things align or go the way I want them to go. Um... And that's not the case. (laughs) And even though I think it's always like a a challenge for me to remind myself daily that I'm not in control. um, I think this year has made that even more so apparent (laughs) that I'm not in control. No one is in control. Um, This is nothing that we could have seen coming, predicted, um, knew all the answers to, um, so I think that's just a great reminder of that fact that you know we're not in control. we can't control everything, but my faith is what has um kept me grounded in knowing that um you know there is you know the creator of the universe, my God, he is in control, he is sovereign, he sits on the throne um and this didn't catch him off guard. He's not surprised by this. Um, and he still so deeply cares, um, and in the midst of this whole year and it's crazy shenanigans, um, he still can provide us with peace, strength, and joy. Um, and that's, that's really, um, reassuring. Okay. So what
0: about love and what about libations?
2: Oh, yes. There were two others. Sorry. Um, love, um, well i i just want to say that black love is so important um and black love is so awesome and um i just love for black people to love themselves and how they have loved themselves during this time um how they've loved their communities and their culture during this time um and it's so beautiful to see and it's so important we need more of that Um, so I'm rooting for everybody black, as Issa Rae said, (laughs) I'm rooting for black unions. Um, and I know, you know, this is such a difficult time. Um, you know, I see it in my hospital, you know, we have patients, you know, because of all the COVID-19 regulations we had to put in place to make sure that we're keeping, um, you know, the healthcare practitioners safe, as well as our patients safe. Um, patients weren't allowed to have visitors. So you have patients who are on the decline. You have patients with terminal illnesses that um, are dying. You have patients that hear a new, you know, um, diagnosis. And it can just be devastating to see um, people go through things, um, without loved ones there and without their community. Um, so I'm just thankful for all the ways that um, people are still showing up for each other during this time and for themselves during this time, um, particularly black people. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think that's something that has been like heavy on my mind and my heart is um, just, You know, there's this pandemic is so heavy, and there's so many challenges that we're dealing with in the midst of this. But there's beauty, um, there's progress, there is awesomeness, there is forward moving you know, that's going to happen in the midst of this as well. And so I'm thankful for, you know, love that's blossoming, love that's reconnecting, you know, reconciliation that's happening among couples and, and lovers. Um, and that's something that I want to continually root for um, and support. Um So actually my birthday is next month in August. And I've kind of been thinking of um, starting a, a Black Love Birthday Fund um, where I... um choose a couple they have to i I would love for them to be engaged or even married and um have them you know give them some sort of token of love um that helps them um love on each other and and maybe um feel a need that they need in their relationship or whether that's a date night or, you know, a therapy session, I don't know, whatever it may be like, you know, do a fun activity together, something like that where, you know, in the midst of these hard times, these very uncertain times, these scary times, right. They can take time um, away or off just to love each other and work on that union um, and that love that can um, really, you know, overcome, you know, this time and hard times to come.
0: And libations?
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> libations. Uh, you know, I, uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't learned much about libations during this, this quarantine um, year. Um, I guess I could say I kind of learned how to make sangria, which is a really refreshing summer drink. So I'm looking forward to maybe making a, a few more pictures of that uh, while the summer months are here. Um, and I think that's like I said a really refreshing drink to have and to relax on
0: these warm summer days and I love like for for me as you were talking just the themes of like sovereignty and black love and sangria (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I took away from that and thanks so so much so much insight and so much wisdom thank you for sharing that Amber
2: yeah you're welcome
1: yeah definitely agreed Um, so we are pretty much almost more than halfway through 2020 and the second half of the year is just rapidly coming amongst us. Um, so what goals and intentions do you
2: have for the remainder of this year? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think I would say just to stay well, um, I want to stay well, Um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, you know, physically, I have started incorporating workout um, routines (laughs) in my daily schedule, which I've actually gotten a lot of joy from. Um, And so I'm really thankful for that, because usually I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to work out so I can eat X, Y, and Z. And, you know, let me see, you know, how many pushups or squat I need to, you know, do to burn off, you know, this burger, (laughs) this slice of pizza or whatever. But, you know, every day being able to move my body, being able to see, um, like, you know, me just become stronger, more empowered, more in control. um, It's really beautiful. So I'm thankful for that. Um because that hasn't always been the story. Um, and then just stay, I think emotionally um, well, um, and even spiritually um i've I've started back into therapy, and that's something that's also in my um, weekly schedule and it's just been it's been so great um to be able to process things and you know vent and reflect um a lot of self-reflection which is good (laughs) um yeah to someone i trust and and in a safe environment um and so i'm really thankful for that because that's really helping me stay well um and keep loving myself and investing in myself during this you know time of a lot of downtime. like i say because i'm usually at work or at home um you know my mind is just open to all possibilities and you know a lot of creativity that's formed my way um and so i'm learning a lot about myself i'm learning about you know things that i enjoy um hopes and dreams and so um i'm learning to make more time um for those things for those hobbies to pick up that trade to learn how to do things that i've always wanted to learn how to do um as well as to invest in myself if i know you know, I want to be, you know, some place different next year or, you know, I want a promotion on my job or I want um, to reach a goal. I want to learn new skill. I'm being very intentional about how I um, spend my time and, you know, being disciplined in um, taking steps towards that to invest in myself and not just talk about it, but actually be about it.
0: Listen, we stand an intentional woman over here. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, so what school and life advice, Amber, would you give to our listeners? Maybe who feel a little beat up by 2020 and they're looking for that intentional, they're looking for that intentional path forward. What advice would you give?
2: Um, that's a great question. I feel like the advice that I would give um, is some advice that I received um, about a month ago. Um, that has been really, like, beneficial and kind of just guided me um, since then. Um, and it's, it's been about, you know, discovering my foundational truth. Um, and I encourage everyone to explore their foundational truth. Um, and what I mean when I say that is, like, the thoughts that you have about your existence, like, who you are, um, who you are not, knowing your why, your cause, and your purpose, um, who are you following, and who's following you, and why, um, you know, there's, I don't know, it may be a little corny, but I enjoy it, (laughs) but I really took time to think about these things, like, you know, who am I, what's my purpose, um, you know, who's following me, who am I following, um, who am I not, and I wrote it all down, and I wrote, like, Uh, a mantra and it doesn't have to be anything long it can be long short it can be as short as you like or as long as you like but it's in the midst of the of these times where it's so much uncertainty um it can be scary there's fear um there's a lot of unknowns a lot of people feel isolated um I think always coming back to my foundational truth of who am I what am I called to um not letting the lies get to me, not letting the negativity get to me, not letting the pressure get to me, um, you know, not letting the stress get to me, you know, you know, you know, you can, it'll come, it'll hit you, but then having some place to go, having some place that's like, no, I'm grounded in this. This is my sure foundation. Like, you know, I might rock and lean, but I ain't falling over. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be taken under. And so, um, whatever that may look like for you, you know, however, like, again, like, however long or short it is, just, you know, working on foundational truths about you as an individual, um, I think is, can be very beneficial and very helpful, um, during this, this time. Yes, I love
1: that. I'm all about gaining some insight, doing some reflection, some journaling, meditating to a mantra, listen, all of the (laughs) things that I also recommend. So yes, who you are, who you ain't, Who you follow and who follow you, all those questions. Get to doing some journaling and get you a mantra to be grounded in. Love that. (laughs) Ground for the rest of 2020. Um, so Amber, I know that you don't necessarily have like a brand or a business or anything like that, but is there a way that you would want people to connect with you? And it's totally okay to say no, y'all can email hello
2: at school and (laughs) pod.com.
1: But is there a way that people can listen or follow or connect with you?
2: Um, sure. I don't mind um, throwing out my Instagram where you can find me um, at on Instagram. My Instagram handle is journey, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y underscore 13, T-H-I-R-T-E-E-N. That's journey underscore 13. Um, and that's my page. Um, you know, there's <laughs> a lot of pictures of me and I say I'm a lover of playing dress up and living for Christ. And I think that pretty much sums up um, who I am and what I'm about. So feel free to follow me, um, and I may just
0: follow you back. <laughs> <laughs> right, you say you gotta be careful who you follow, so you know you <laughs> might do a little research. To do your- the foundational truth, see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before you get that follow back, but Amber, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I mean, it's just it's amazing. I've had Dad on the show. I've had you on the show. I only got uh, five siblings to go. I can round out the rest of our family. Um, but <laughs> like just listening to you it just makes me so proud as a big sister cuz like you're just me just like a couple years younger like it's like you're <laughs> like it's like seeing myself and it's such a joy truly so thank you <laughs> um for being being such um a good guest and and for joining us on the show it was an honor to have you
2: oh it was an honor to be here um it's such a such a privilege my pleasure um i really enjoyed this time and i enjoy the work that um, this podcast produces, um, and the fruits of its labor. Um, I'm always rooting for you, you ladies. Um, It's an exceptional podcast, uh, my favorite. Um, And so I'm so thankful for the opportunity. um, And I wish you all nothing but blessings um,
0: here on out. Thanks, Amber. Oh, that was awesome. I'm so glad that Amber joined us. So now we're going to roll right into All Black Everything. Marcy, what do you have for us this week? So, this week in All Black Everything, I know that
1: I said I was going to give y'all so many more um, mental health tips for Minority Mental Health Month, but you know, mental health is my jam, so we'll just do that all year. But I really just wanted to take a moment because it's so um, relevant and so at the top of our minds right now to just pay homage to Congressman John Lewis. He passed on this most recent Friday, July 17th, from pancreatic cancer at the age of 80. He was a preeminent civil rights figure. um, And he was also a representative in Georgia. So definitely hold a special place in my heart. Like Georgia's my second home. Um, But also just the work that he's done in terms of protesting against Jim Crow and just fighting for like voting rights that um, has been his legacy and he lots of people have been giving him paying him homage and one of the things that i really appreciated that they said about him is that he caused good trouble um that was one of his one of his statements about what it means to fight injustices and what it means to be an activist and um he got into a lot of good trouble and i think that it's a call and a reminder to all of us that we can get into a little bit of good trouble um he was at the march in Selma and uh, actually got his head, his skull fractured from some of the violence and brutality that was out there. And it really made me think about um, the protests that are happening right now and just like the di- direct links between the violence and brutality that is happening and people who are protesting for our rights right now. And it, it kind of gives me hope in a lot of ways because it shows that In the midst of all of that afterwards things did come from it and i just hope that we can continue to keep keep that same um urgency and that same resiliency and perseverance through this fight but as i was also researching and looking up um his death i also recognized or was made aware of which i think is not getting as much Media coverage um, is Reverend C.T. Vivian also died that same day. So we lost two of our civil rights um, leaders. He worked very closely with Martin Luther King and he died at 95 um, of natural causes. But his work also stretches back six decades. And he was also Punched in the mouth by a sheriff in Selma, um, and still got back up, bloody but not deterred. So, just a reminder: one, to pay homage to the people who are tired and who are going on to their places of rest and passing the torch on to us to carry it forward. We have they did a lot of fighting Selma um, in Selma about like voters' rights, and if we think about what's happened in the last few years in terms of voter suppression, like we have to make sure we're on top of those things and that we are getting those things done and maintaining the legacy that these people have laid before us because the fight isn't over as we know the work still needs to be done it's not just about police brutality like that's a part of it but there are so many other layers to it as well um i had the blessing hubby reminded me we had the blessing of actually being in the same space with john lewis we went to see a preview of black panther um at the fox and he was there and i mean I didn't get that close to speak to him or anything like that, <laughs> but I did get to see him speak, um, and just be in the same space with him and just be able to kind of soak in some of that legacy and some of that awesomeness. So honor our elders, honor those who have been out fighting, let us take the weight off of them so that we can
0: continue to march forward. I mean, what a life Marcy, right? Like what a life. And I, I you know, I'm, I just have always honored um, John Lewis's life and his continued fight. You know, often our elders, you know, shame us or finger wag when it comes to our protests and the way we do it. And he never did that. I never remember hearing him shame us. He was always about good trouble. It was always about doing the work. It was always about the the fight forward. And, you know, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just so grateful to have been alive at the same time as a John Lewis. Like, you know, when, um, you know when amber's children ask me about what i was doing in 2020 and if i knew uh uh mr lewis i'll be able to say i knew of him that i that i you know shared the earth with him the time that i knew who he was and what a giant he was for civil rights um like i knew a giant civil rights movement that feels so impactful um yeah so i'm grateful for that and I mean, I remember just, just on his, the last Instagram post he had was him in DC arms crossed with black lives matter with the mayor. I mean, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that is, that is powerful. And, and I'm so grateful to be alive at the same time as, as a, as a legend, as a, as a hero in the civil rights movement. So grateful for that and so grateful for his life Um, and, and wish, wish him well in his rest Um, at this time. So, Um, thank you for honoring, um, for honoring his life and honoring his, his, uh, what he's given to us. Um, Marcy, that's truly all black. He is truly all black, everything. So next up is TVT, and this week we are talking Fatal Affair. Um, It is a brand new Netflix original um, that just came out. Um, It um, features Nia Long um, and Omar Epps, and um, before I could even see it, Twitter had already dragged it. Um, But I thought we'd uh, give it a chance. Um, Marcy and I are big fans of the actors. Um, I mean, I'll watch Nia Long do literally anything, so it's fine. Um, But the film is about a lawyer caught up in a terrifying game of cat and mouse when a drink with an old friend leads to his stalkerish obsession Marcy I'm interested because you know they had a psychiatrist in the film and so you always talk about how you all are played on tv so I'm interested to see how that piece uh you know worked for you and just also what you thought of the film um I honestly felt like it wasn't as bad as people said it was (laughs) uh it was a good like date night movie um you know there was definitely some plot holes like I'm still trying to figure out how her best friend fell in love with Omar Epps, like seemingly overnight. Definitely some holes in the show, but uh, but overall, I mean, I thought it was a Netflix original, like it was fine. Um, what was your first impressions of, of the show, of the movie?
1: Yeah, so my first impressions really started when we saw the trailer and my initial thought was, so this is just, y'all are just gonna remake the same movie that y'all have done 50 million times in the past bet but my response was like you said i'll watch me along in anything um and omar epps like i love me some omar epps these are good quality black folks that i really appreciate and really enjoy seeing on film so i went into it with a bar underneath the ground like i literally had no expectation for this movie to be good i knew that it was going to be bad um and so i mean and bad in a sense of like the plot is predictable there was nothing really shocking or surprising that happened that it was going to be the exact same story that it's been told before so bad in that sense like i wasn't expecting oscar-worthy performances or anything like that but i actually had a conversation with a friend where she's like you know i've heard it was terrible i'm like well the acting was terrible and i'm like well can the acting be terrible if the script is horrible i feel like you can't separate those two but whatever you know anyway the bar was low for me anyway but the I've completely forgotten until you just mentioned it how trash that psychiatrist was first of all this is my issue with it and this is why black folks don't go to therapy even if someone died you do not disclose what happened in therapy like unless he was actively telling her that he had these homicidal thoughts we would yes act to protect the person that he is threatening if he's identified a specific person but after he dies we do not just get on tv and start talking about how narcissistic he was in sessions oh and uh i just i was like why why do we even have this scene why is this even necessary so i was quite irritated and annoyed and frustrated by that because that is so unethical and that's not how it works that is never that would never happen oh my gosh um, like never happened anyway so that was annoying but yeah the movie was fine like I love seeing black people do amazing things I was so excited when she opened her law practice because I'm like yes this office space is beautiful can I get one of these um it has the black assistant like I just love seeing black people do dope things and he was an architect And I'm like this is dope like who what black people are architects in movies and stuff so i was impressed i enjoyed it um
0: shout out yeah. to estelle uh estelle darlings the, the the assistant i was so happy to see estelle on film um you know shout out to the london town um, that was a thrill um and i just want to talk briefly about one of these potholes um because yeah like so she, so they go, okay, so spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. They go out to to dinner or whatever, go out for drinks. Um, you know, he's an old friend from college. It's cool, no biggie, right? Like, we go out for drinks, we can reconnect. Uh, so there's some chemistry because, you know, my husband's been weird lately. I don't really know what's going on in my relationship. Um, and yeah, I fall for you. We start kissing, you know, and and things go a little too far. I realize, whoa, I'm married. Let me back up. Let me go to the crib. Um, and then you start calling me, texting me, calling me, texting me, calling me. Okay, you're doing a lot. I don't even like you like that. Then you show up at my job. I'm like, hey, no, you know, I, I really want to just share with you that like we not cool like that. You know, I'm married, I wanna forget that night, whatever. Then you show up at my house with my best friend the next day and y'all acting like y'all in love. She talking about babe this and babe that and blah, 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 blah. I felt like the whole time I was watching the movie, Marcy, I was like, did I miss a scene? Like, what was the scene where, like, she started dating him and they met and they were like, what is going on? Now, the only thing I can think is that maybe he was courting her the whole time and she didn't. Tell her friend, but either way, um, Stephen Bishop, director of this film, you missed a step, is what I'm saying. So, I just want everybody to know that there is a big plot hole. If you figure it out, maybe I missed something. This is like when Taraji jumped off that boat and jumped on that water. Like, I still feel like there's a lost scene somewhere, and, and can't nobody tell me it's not. So, if you see this psychological thriller and I missed a scene, please, you know, just send me a quick message. I just want to know which part I missed. It was very confusing. But go ahead and support Nia Long and Omar Epps. I want, you know, to see, you know, them more on film. Again, I will watch Nia Long do literally anything. Her bra in some scenes, her, her lingerie in these scenes were snatched and cute. And we need to see more of that, more of Nia Long and her body. I just, I mean, whatever, it's fine. Um, you know, would love to see her in an Oscar award-winning film, but we're, you know, we're not there yet. So we, on, but we're on our way. <laughs> that's all that's all i know she picked up a bag so i ain't mad at it um (laughs) and yes do still go to therapy because um how they're portrayed on film to mark is not to marcy's liking and and she has told us repeatedly that they won't tell all your secrets or fall in love with you usually
1: (laughs) and if they do you should terminate immediately and file a complaint to their licensing board because that's not okay
0: (laughs) it's not okay (laughs) that wraps up this week's episode of school and life thanks so much for listening we're excited because we have one more episode in july one more episode and we'll have a guest next week talking all things life love and libations if you're not already following school and life on social make sure you do that follow school and life on social at school and life podcast on instagram that's s-c-h-o-l-i-n life podcast um, on instagram and we look forward to talking to you next week schools out class dismissed